When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <clears throat> All right. Let's do this. Are we allowed to talk about the fact that you are going to turn 30? Why does everyone make such a big fuss about turning 30? This is not a big deal. Cut to 29. I'm like, oh my God, I feel so stressed and anxious. It's hard to think of a more intimidating milestone. I mean, if you just look at the others, right? Sweet 16, it's mostly celebrated in North America. It's like a real coming of age. I guess for us in Australia, it's 18, right? Where you can legally drink, you can go out, you can drive. And 21, it just feels like the party is still going. Then there's 30. Sure, there's some real fun taglines for it. Dirty 30, 30 and thriving. But there's also no denying the social narratives that have been in place for so long about where and who you should be by 30. And especially if you're a woman, it honestly feels like a a daunting measure of success. It's like a report card on how good you are at life. UK actress Emma Watson just shared the pressure she has felt. And heck, even Lily Allen has wrote a song about it. She's nearly 30 now and she's... Bridget Husswaite, and usually I talk to you about two things, music and my chronic condition, endometriosis. But I want to open up another conversation. I want to let you in on the last year of my life, which I can only describe as both traumatizing and transformative. I want to talk to you about relationships, heartbreak, expectations, fertility, careers, astrology, finance, everything. I have got things to share about leaving my 20s and I've got questions to ask, not only about what's next, but why the fuck we are made to feel like time is running out. This is me figuring out 30. so at home being in the studio by myself doing live national radio but there is something really confronting about just sitting here in my apartment right now talking to you I guess because it's on a more personal level I've been thinking about this podcast project for a really long time and the hardest part has been figuring out where to start and and what to tell you first so maybe I'll give you just a bit of insight into my life leading up to the big 3-0 Firstly, turning 30 was really fun. (laughs) April 10, 2021, it was the morning of my 30th birthday. I woke up with one of the most 
brutal hangovers, like one of the worst hangovers of my life. And you know, it's bad when I can't even finish my chicken nuggets. (laughs) I couldn't even stand up in the shower. I couldn't clean the vomit off my bathroom floor. It was so bad that my parents drove from Ballarat to Melbourne to take me back to Ballarat for this surprise birthday dinner. Um, It was something that they planned with one of my uh, oldest friends and they couldn't cancel it because a cake was made. They'd booked out this small dining room and some of my closest friends had, you know, traveled to be there. Uh, I just had, yeah, genuinely no intention of getting so, so drunk that night. I knew I was meant to drive back home the next day and I was just, yeah, really set on that. But I obviously got caught up in the moment of the evening. It just happened. I was surrounded by some really amazing friends who made me feel, you know, so celebrated and loved. And I think I really, really needed that because the lead up to turning 30 was pretty cooked. I mean, 2020 was really messed up for everyone, yeah? The pandemic, our lives just flipped, and it it prompted a lot of us to reflect and reassess as to what we wanted and what was important. And I remember throughout 2020, I was starting to wonder whether or not I was happy with where I was at, particularly in my relationship at that time. I was looking around and and quite a few friends were settling down with their partner and, and getting engaged and getting pregnant or buying a house. And this was stuff that my partner at the time and I did talk about, and I was pretty set on it. But that, I think, was the problem. I was really set on the idea of doing those things, but not necessarily with him. And and before I continue, this isn't going to be me airing dirty laundry or fully disclosing the details surrounding uh, that relationship and the breakup. That's not appropriate. And it's also not the purpose of this podcast, but there are some elements that I feel like I do need to share just for context, because yeah, there's some relevance. And when I look back on it, I can really see how much I felt like I needed to do those things because I was turning 30. There was a point in the last few months of um, the relationship where I admitted that I was looking at getting my own apartment. And that's not really a good thing when you're living with your partner, you're like four and a half years into the relationship, but you're also on realestate.com.au looking at moving out without them. Like I wanted the freedom of living alone and I wanted to regain this sense of independence that I felt like I'd lost in the relationship but I also wasn't prepared to throw away the security of being in a relationship. And I think we could both agree that the relationship should have ended sooner than it did. And I can see how I was scared to let it go because I'd given myself a timeline, a list, and I really didn't want to fail that. And this timeline bullshit, it's such a awfully common thing that women do because we're conditioned to feel like that is our sole purpose to settle to have kids it's like this whole freaking maths equation and it really did my head in especially at the time of our breakup which ended up being six weeks before I turned 30 and six days before I released my first book how to endo so honestly absolute nightmare of a time because we just stupidly moved into a new place a bigger space and It should have been a time of celebration for me with the book, but instead I was mending a broken heart, naturally mourning the end of a five-year relationship. I was working full-time on live national radio. I was doing all sorts of press for the book outside of that, breaking a lease, which is so annoying. (laughs) I would never want to have to do that again. And also trying to find my own place. I essentially moved 
three times in the space of eight weeks. And the same day my book came out, Michael Gidinski unexpectedly passed away. And that was devastating. We were working closely on this TV show called The Sound. And yeah, he just, you know, I'd only spoken to him like a fortnight before he'd passed away. And he was always looking out for me. And it was just, just, you know, it was so shit. It was such a shit time. It was the most chaotic and overwhelming time of my life. And I don't know how I even managed to still show up with a smile on air. I didn't share any of this as it was happening. Um, So this is probably going to be completely new to some people. Uh, But I look back and I'm just like, how, how did that happen? And how the hell did I still do my job and, and everything? And I think for me, one of the biggest things was, you know, when you break up with someone, you're not just breaking up with them. You're essentially breaking up with a lifestyle, a routine and a version of, of you. And, and doing that as the world continues to carry on is really hard and scary. And doing it at a time where you do feel this pressure of turning this particular age. Like I knew I was going to be okay because I remember how much I loved my independence before getting into that relationship, but it was still a massive change and, and change is so scary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Anyway, I want to I go back to the notion of the timeline because a lot of the pain from the breakup too was, yeah, that feeling that I'd suddenly just fell behind in comparison to everyone else and how I guess their life trajectory was, was going in the lead up to 30. I was like, I was struggling because I knew that I needed time to heal. I started seeing a psychologist, really wanted to kind of unpack everything before even thinking about jumping back into the dating world or whatever. I just don't have it in me to get myself back out there. I have, I have extremely little experience with dating anyway. And that's, we've got an episode on dating coming up in this series, but I really felt the need to stop and have a bit of a debrief and process everything and to make sure I was ready to kind of move on. The healing time, I guess, was, yeah, really important for me. But on the other hand, my anxious mind is like, all right, so it might take a year to feel like you've moved on. It could take a few months to meet someone. You get to know them. And if it's all good, you become exclusive. Then you got to be together for a bit before you start, you know, living together and trying for a baby. Not sure how easy that'll be with my endometriosis, but kind of need to get it going before fertility, you know, really starts to decline around the age of 35. It's like that kind of equation. And it makes you feel like time is running out. And then you add on the current climate of the world and Melbourne 2021 for lockdowns. So casual dating, casual sex, absolutely not happening (laughs) for me anyway. Um, I was convinced that I was probably going to die alone. And how messed up to think that at the age of 30. So unhealthy, so unhealthy. But I'm so glad that right now I can tell you sitting here that where I'm at with my life, I'm content, I'm comfortable. And I know that's because I've put the work in this past year. 
and I've confronted a whole bunch of anxieties and I've dug deeper into where some things stem from internally. But yeah, you know, the first four months of 2021, leaving my 20s and entering my 30s, it felt like crunch time and I felt hopeless, absolutely hopeless. Even beyond relationships too, like I don't own a house, I've got a great career, but I've, you know, felt like sometimes maybe I'm now too old for the national youth broadcaster, which by the way, my boss has flat out said, it doesn't matter how old I am, it's how I connect with people. And that's been awesome. Like, thank you, Laura, (laughs) shout out. But you still have these insecurities lingering and this fear of change again, it feels so immense at this point in life. And I guess it's just, you know, about figuring out, what you want as opposed to what you think you should want. And I think should is the key word here. I should do this. I should have that. It's all about you should. I think we get lost in in that so easily. So I guess that's why I wanted to do a podcast. You know, this is all real time stuff for me and I'm a communicator. So it felt natural and it's a, a chance for you to get to know me in a different way And also, if this is something that you've been thinking about or you're currently experiencing, I want this series to be a source of comfort and and maybe it will help you figure out what it is that you really want as opposed to what you think you should want. And I'm so excited for you to hear what's coming up too. So you want to know what it's going to be like. You know, how we can predict, you know, what your fertility is like. Yeah. I didn't speak to my mum about it. I didn't speak to anybody about it because I was so embarrassed and ashamed and I hadn't even been married 12 months and I could see that the end was fast approaching. So I was about to turn 30 single and living with my auntie and uncle and had given up on my dream jobs. What a legend. I wanted a family. So how do you live in the comfort of being single knowing that you do want a more traditional or at least a version of that picture that when you're finally finding comfort in being single is telling you that's not necessary. That personal evolution and the growth that can be gleaned and gained from what you go through. I've certainly been through my own personal trials and tribulations in life and looking at the astrology helped me to understand and make sense of things. You're going to hear conversations with some really great people from people in the media and also conversations with people who were in my personal intimate circle and we're going to be chatting everything from risky career moves to taking control of one's fertility and also figuring out 30 as a fella I'm definitely you know approaching this series from my perspective as a woman but I'm going to be picking the brains of some guy friends about this stage of life too and and this next episode is one that I feel explains the chaos of my life leading up to 30 and that is Saturn Return. So you're going to meet astrologer Natasha Weber. She's going to give us a bit of a crash course into this significant astrological event. So come in with an open mind. It's going to be really interesting and insightful. That's the next episode coming up for figuring out 30. And then I really want to hear from you too. You know, throughout the course of this series, you can DM me on Instagram at Bridget Hustwaite. You can send an email. I made a full proper email. Well, it's Gmail, but you know. Uh, the address is figuring out 30. So figuring out three zero at gmail.com. I, I really want you to get involved with this conversation and hopefully this is something we can kind of figure out together. 
So I think that's all I wanted to say for this first official episode. This is a bit more of a a raw, loose approach. The upcoming conversations that you'll hear will have a bit of structure. And as a radio person, I, I really love structure, but just, you know, sat down, turned the mic on and kind of wanted to give you a mini life story of sorts. So you had a bit more of a clear idea as to where I'm coming from with this podcast series. So I will catch you for the next episode and I hope you do stay with me for this whole journey. Don't forget you can subscribe and like, is that what you say? I think wherever you listen to your podcast, there's an option to like it or (laughs) subscribe. Um, maybe give it a few episodes before you want to leave a review or if you want to commit to a five stars right now, go for it. (laughs) I would love it. Um, But yeah, I'll catch you next time. This is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you